0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, A Voice for the Hurting. This is Season 3, a season dedicated entirely to stories of how God is faithful through the roughest times in our lives. I truly believe that we can gain in faith and hope through other people's stories and testimonies. So pull up a chair, listen closely, and be encouraged by today's story. All right, then today it is my pleasure to introduce Katie Dale. She is an author and a speaker, and she's going to talk to us today about how God has been faithful in her life. Hello, Katie. Hi, Laurie. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So, can you tell us a
1: little bit about your story? Sure. Yeah. At 16 years old, I had the onset episode of bipolar disorder uh, that I didn't, precursor to that, didn't realize I would get, you know, have that diagnosis but uh, it unfolded at 16. I had a major life change and it kind of triggered the hereditary setup that was uh, disposed to me. So I was in my junior year of high school. I had switched from the public school to the private school. I wanted to go have have a Christian-based worldview education. And that ended up being somewhat different experience than I had pictured in my mind what it would be like. So I fell into a a depression, which turned into a clinical depression, which turned into bipolar depression, the the pole of bipolar that is the down. And then it swung up into mania Yeah, that year. I experienced uh, kind of a change of attitude, you know, positive outlook after I had gone through my depression and my negative outlook. But with mania, the second pole or the other pole, if you will, uh, there's a lot of and everybody's different case by case, but typically in uh mania, you get a lot of grandiose thinking and excited energy and a lot of it's a little bit more over the top than your normal range of emotions. Yeah. So um I went into that mania, went to see a psychiatrist with my parents. At that time, I was having behaviors that you know weren't per se normal, uh getting a little bit out of hand. So my thought process was getting, you know, jumbled. Quicker speech because of the quicker thoughts. But anyway, we go to a psychiatrist. She prescribed me, I, bu- I believe it was a mood stabilizer that started a rapid waking. and so I wanted to change medicines shortly thereafter. Went back, cold turkey, switched up the medicine, shot me right up into psychosis, which was a part of um, my diagnosis, my ex- experience with it, and started to hear voices, um, had a very scary experience at that. Um, and then shortly thereafter ended up, uh, my parents brought me back to the psychiatrist. She said, take him, take her to the hospital, the local hospital with a uh, juvenile psych department. So I ended up there for three weeks. Wow. And, uh, that was interesting. I was, I would led a very sheltered life since <laughs> <laughs> growing up. I hadn't, you know, been, I've been raised in a you know suburban area and wasn't really street savvy or anything like that not that it was really that hardcore in the in this juvenile cycling but it wasn't you know exactly rainbows and sunshine either oh absolutely <laughs> I mean they have a lot of troubled kids in there and it was you know heartbreaking to see too because I was one of the older kids in the in the department, but. Met a lot of awesome people that I uh, had a huge impression on me, and so from there on out, uh, went into outpatient services after I was discharged, and um, got back on my feet. Went back to the public school for my senior year, finished out, graduating with my original class, and went on to college. Met my husband after my junior year of college, dated him, and well, courted him through my senior year. We got married. I was stable on my medicine. I had years of therapy under my belt. I had been behaving within the normal range. I was, you know, able to lead a normal life. So three years into our marriage, I decided, you know, hey, I feel good, which this is typical of people in this state of mind with these kinds of diagnoses. We think, oh my goodness, I feel great. I'm doing well. I don't need the medicine for whatever reason. We just feel like we don't need it. And half of, half of us, I'll tell you, don't believe we're sick. I don't know if I was that half where I didn't believe I was sick or if I was just in denial, to be quite honest. Yeah. But whatever it was, I was like, I'm getting off these med- this medicine and I'm going to be healed in Jesus name. And I'm going to be a poster child for healing. And I was just like, let's do this. And my husband was about to go away for a month long trip on the yeah. complete other side of the world. Wow. Mongolia for his, um, military job. And I was just starting to go off into left field. We'd just bought our first home um, off base there where we were stationed in that area. I was starting to put things in their place and, you know, unpacking and putting up all the decorations and whatnot, but it, it wound up. And I, I, he told me not to go off my medicine until he came back. Yeah, I said, okay, so I, I thought to myself, well, I'll just gradually go off because I know the switching cold turkey doesn't work. Right. Oh my goodness, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, in all my pride and and uh, naivety, I guess I I went to see the psychiatrist that I was seeing. She's like, I don't think that's a good idea. I said, mm-hmm. okay, but with all due respect, ma'am, I'm healed, so I'm going to gradually go off. She said, I don't want to. I have to put you, you know, call, have, give a call to the police. And I'm like, well, you won't, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I ended up going back in the hospital after my husband returned, I had been gradually weaning myself off, but I had gone off when he returned and I was shopping spreeed out. I would racked up debt. I had, you know, all these, and turned into it with a psychosis and the psychotic features I have with mine. Cause not everybody has that it turned into delusions and hallucinations that I was experiencing. Yeah. Um, Which actually, funny enough, because um, that movie Top Gun just came out recently with Tom Cruise. Funny enough, for whatever reason, because I don't have any pining crush over this Hollywood star, he (laughs) showed up in my delusions and hallucinations that year, which was the year he was going through his divorce with Katie Holmes. Yeah. So I'd seen him before I went back into the hospital that year. I thought I'd seen him on the corner of the street. We were taking a trolley tour in St. Augustine for our anniversary or you know, vacation. My husband and I got back from Mongolia. I pretty much could have sworn I saw him. And I just, for whatever reason, that, that continued in a theme throughout my delusions, hallucinations in the hospital that year. Yeah. Mo- and um, yeah. More of seeing Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, not seeing, but hearing his voice in my head. Yeah. Uh, which was a trip. Um, And then believing it was a kind of a cosmic joke on me where like, he knew I was a Christian, he's into Scientology, his demons were fighting my angels type thing. It just, it felt like a spiritual battle of like the top ace, you know, spiritual, spiritually keen um, soldiers in in opposing armies were like me and him and we're going like face to face, toe to toe or something. I don't know. It's hard to, uh, capture completely, but I did document all these experiences in my book. I wrote a memoir and published it in 2020. And it was, uh, you know, encapsulates all of that and how I recovered, how I got back on my medicine and returned to normal. What so, is the name of your book? It's called, but deliver me from crazy. I love
0: the title. <laughs> Thank you. I yes, know, yeah. I know not everyone has exactly the same experiences as you. Um, uh, but but I really think that a lot of people identify with the highs and the lows and the, you know, those feelings of just, you know, I need to be delivered from this crazy God because, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, um, especially in today's day and age, you know, after post-COVID, people are recognizing mental health, yes. becoming more more talked about. I think it's especially art- good to articulate, you know, there is mental health issues. People have, everybody has mental health issues. And then there's mental health illnesses or mental illnesses, which are more like your hardcore, like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, schizoaffective, where that's the severe uh, type symptoms, delusions, hallucinations, or just out of control behavior that really can't be, it needs to be treated, really. right? Mm-hmm. Clinically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I think that that's one of the best things that's come out of COVID is mm-hmm. the fact that we're taking
1: mental health in general a whole lot more seriously. It's great. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so key to understanding. I mean, the brain is the final frontier and we really have a lot more to discover with it, but we're on that verge of the beginning of, the, of that discovery, you know, of like why exactly our chemicals in our brain are doing what they're doing. And yeah. How do you pinpoint that? Now, some people will say, oh, it's a theory that, you know, chemical imbalances happen. It's more spiritual based. And um, I would say to that, you know, there's, it's all intertwined. You can't just, you can't separate one or right. the other. No, because the mind is a control center or the brain is the control center. The mind and the spirit both reside there.
0: Right? Yes.
1: So you can't have distinguishable, really definite definitive, answers to that it, I mean you can analyze it but really it's not like you can exclude one from the other um, yeah because the spiritual warfare is just as strong like we're told to put to put it on and bear our hem, helmet of salvation as Christians and that is you know the the mind of Christ and and in that state of mind when you are chemically imbalanced mm-hmm. your brain is not you can't put your helmet of salvation on you get attacked in your in your mind a lot those right. arrows and those fiery darts from the enemy are targeted right to your head. And I went through a lot of that. So I hope people listening would understand, you know, there's a reason we have psych- psychiatry, psychology, neurology, and um, the sciences, the pharmaceuticals, God gave us those, just like He yes. gave us any other industry. So oh, I agree. yeah, it's definitely um, important. And these days, this day and age, we need to, as the church, especially be on the forefront of that, because that is the next Uh, missions field. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that there's a large population
0: of people who are um, either feeling isolated from the church because of um, either a mental illness or a serious, you know, some serious things going on like that, because uh, the church has kind of villainized people who have true issues that again, like medication is part of what they really need yes. to treat themselves and actual counseling is what they need right to right. treat themselves and there it's a much bigger picture than when we just mm-hmm. shove everything into the oh you need to pray more or oh you know if you had more faith then god would heal you or things like that like because i i know that people throw out those things mm-hmm. about situations that they don't know anything about and yes. there's so much more to that picture it's and, true uh,
1: yeah yeah yeah, I think that's where I a lot of my advocacy is um where I try to articulate, you know, that if you had more faith, you'd be healed. Yeah. Because on one hand, Jesus would not heal typically, you know, the people who didn't have the faith that he would heal them. Right. But on the other hand, it's it's more about the person believing in what God can do. Yes. So if you believe in your mindset is like, no, I don't think God can heal me. Like, I don't think I'm necessarily going to come out of this. It's like, it's your aptitude, like, like Zig Ziglar, your attitude determines your aptitude. Like you put, you put yourself on a lower ceiling, you're, you know, aiming for a lower shot. You're not going to get as high. Right. I believe there's some truth to that. You know, there is definitely truth to God will move mountains in your life. I mean, I believe for the healing, um, I will say going off the medicine wasn't the answer, but once I got on, back on the medicine, that was the answer. Like that was my answer to prayer for right. faith and faith. For healing,
0: because and now I it can not
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't always look the way that we think it's going to look. Right. Yes. I that's can true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like up. right. Like Jesus told the um, I think it was the lepers that are the men that were coming to him. There's like six or seven of them, I believe. I can't remember where it is in the Gospels, but he's like, okay, now go wash yourself in the river or the body of water, or like I don't know, two or three times, maybe multiple times, right? And like, so, so they did. And then like the one guy comes back and he's like, thank you, Lord, for healing me. But like, it took them multiple times to be healed. So, yeah. you know, it's not just like a magic pill. No, um, you got to work through your issues. You got to work through those. Um, if it's interpersonal related too. and and if it's taught learned behavior from when you grew up, or if it's traumatic induced, you have to work through those things too. Absolutely. Work through it in therapy, counseling, talk it out you know, you can't just, um, expect to grow if you don't have feedback or a sounding word like a counselor, yeah. or somebody to give you that mirror, help give you that mirror into your, to have that insight into your thoughts and why they're, they may be not clear enough or, uh, what am I say, like not so cognitively dissonant, like having more, um, beliefs and thoughts that line up with God's word. Right. Also living it out practically. And, uh, uh, understanding why we believe what we believe.
0: Yeah. And each of us have, um, a past of things that build up the way that we think about things. You know what I mean? Cause some of us have been through, like you said, like traumatic uh, events in life or maybe abuse or things mm-hmm. along those lines mm-hmm. that shape our thoughts.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's going to be the lens, which people view a lot of their life through and their future, but that's why we're encouraged to renew our minds. Right. And that's by reading right. God's word and the washing of the water of the word is, you know, purify our minds and our thoughts. So, but also, um, I'm thinking we we need that practical love and care too, and treatment. If it's inpatient necessary, then you know we need to go inpatient. Whether that's, uh, you know, just seeing a counselor, take that step. You know, yeah, be afraid or uh, have the try not to have preconceived notions you
0: know? Absolutely. I think it, it's kind of like, we all have our different battles in life and one way or another, we have to face our own fears and our own pride mm-hmm. and be willing to go through whatever it is that God has brought us to mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be willing to see whatever it is that he has for us
1: through those things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And see that he's with us in them, and yes. that he's good. His nature is good. So he's not going to, even though it's, it's tough as I'll get out, you know, it, going through rough spots and seasons in life, you don't ever give up, you you know, cause God's not going to give up. He's not going to give up on you. So you don't give up on him. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so
0: what happened after that? Was that the last,
1: yeah, that was the last episode I've had. And um, that was 10 years ago now. So, um, happily to say, you know, my marriage is healthy and strong and my mind is healthy and strong. My family's healthy and strong, and we're doing well overall. So, in those past ten years, I've been able to hold down a variety of jobs. Since my husband is Air Force and active duty, uh, he does travel. Uh, well, I mean, we, we move year uh, three every three to five years. So, I'm yeah. like, okay, time for a new job. And I, I had a business administration degree in college, so um, it's very versatile, and I'm glad I chose that. And I've been holding down jobs, um, through those times we've been stationed at different places. And the most meaningful to me was probably the last job where I had a caseworker type role at a, yeah, um, yeah mental health outpatient clinic. Excellent. And we worked directly with psychiatrists, counselors, and then our clients, of course, had mental health issues and diagnoses. And we worked with them to solve those problems they had day to day, stay accountable to their medicine and their therapy and their goals. And that was a great opportunity for me to like, at times when, when it was called, when I was called upon to, uh, when it was appropriate, I could share a little bit of my story to yeah. encourage my, my clients. Absolutely, um, And I think having the hope that that eternal hope in Christ setting apart that strength that comes supernaturally comes from that faith, knowing where we're going next, it's like. I think it, it's, I got to say, it, it's quite different from the hope that the world offers. It is I, I didn't have as many, I didn't, ta- I'll say I didn't take as many opportunities as I was probably, you know, that came up when I was in that role for the two to three years I worked there, but I did have, you know, in times that I could encourage my clients and pray with them, you know, and, and reiterate the, the truths that I learned, from, Yeah, you know, God and the Lord leading me, so. Um, that was a good experience. Um, Then I took time off of that job. I was pregnant with my firstborn, our firstborn Jackson. Uh, He came into the world March 30th, 2020, right on the brink of that horrible, notorious year. (laughs) (laughs) Probably
0: right before they closed the world down.
1: (laughs) It was right after that. So right after, yes. Okay. So I published my book March 20th and I'm getting ready to have like a book um launch before I give birth. Huh? Well, that didn't work. COVID came in and shut that idea down. Yeah. So I delivered on March 30th. Jackson was born without a heartbeat and oh. blue. Oh. And not breathing. Like oh. normal pregnancy, normal labor, right? Pretty much. I w- he was stuck in the and file four hours I was pushing. But like once we wow. got him out, oh my goodness, what what the heck is going on? Like he's not breathing what, what happened. And I will say that to this day, we don't have, we didn't do an autopsy. We don't know exactly why we have some hints and clues uh, medically. We did an investigation, but you know, still you can't come away with it knowing you can't pinpoint it in our case. Yeah. Um, But he was able to be resuscitated to breathe on the ventilator for the next eight days. Um, And I will say like, that was hard. Yeah. Um, And I do not want to dismiss or diminish any part of that because it was like heart-wrenching for my husband. And I obviously you can imagine, but I will say like the excruciating mental and emotional anguish of my hospitalizations in the psych wards. Yeah. If we are to compare, it was worse in the psych wards. like my my mental and emotional anguish. One for the sake that that was my whole questioning of myself and my beliefs and my, who I was as a person. Like, yes. Was I saved? Was I not? I had those thoughts in my head as I was hearing voices and experiencing that nightmare. Um, but with my son, no question in my mind as he w- with the Lord and in Jesus arms, you know, like I can't deny that. Like that is no, no brainer to me. <laughs> like, he's the Lord's anyway. So giving him over to the arms to Jesus was, um, to me, I had that peace from even before he was born. I can't explain it but you know it does surpass my understanding of anything that happened right Philippians 4 6 and 7 right there was like the first we we clung to in the hospital in the NICU to um you know present our requests to God and the peace of the Lord Jesus will guard our minds and hearts so like it's still to this day guards my mind and heart from questioning yeah so
0: yeah that's um, amazing
1: I would say like not everybody has that experience and so those who struggle more, it's everyone individually has a different grief process. Yes. Mine was very expedited. Like I was on speed dial, my um, therapist in, while I was in the NICU, I was like calling her every day, multiple times a day. I had family. I was calling multiple times a day, just processing it. I was writing it out as I'm a writer, you know, I was writing out, documenting everything, processing it that way was emotionally like. It just felt like, you know, I went through those emotions and I was able to really come to terms with it. Yeah. But you know, my husband, he had a different journey, and as everybody else would in those shoes. So, um, you can't be like, oh yeah, you're gonna get through it, just like snap your fingers. But I'm very thankful that, um, you know, I have my moments where I, I, I definitely think back, like, what, how would it have been different to have him now? Right. But I don't, I don't always wonder that because I'm like. My wonder, my wonder, why wonder that what if?
0: Right.
1: If, if he's uh, living in heaven right now, he's got it made. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. You know and then I mean? you'll be re- reunited someday.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. We'll be there to see him and see what color his eyes are and yeah what his voice sounds like and see how he grows up. So yeah. it's exciting to, to look forward to that. And now we have our daughter, Kylie, and she's yeah. the, the light of our lives. Um, lights up every day when we have her smiley face i call her kylie grace smiley face because her middle, first middle name is grace and
0: just, i love it
1: yeah you know. so um she's one 18 she'll be 18 months in august so she's seven 16 months now yeah sorry
0: she's about <laughs> my son's age i have son. Awesome. A, yeah a 17 month old <laughs>
1: oh my gosh yeah what, what was your birth what was his birthday?
0: uh jan or yeah january 31st 2020
1: okay they're a month apart she's february 25th yeah yeah nice yeah
0: yeah and actually so um not everybody knows this i i spoke about it on another podcast but i wasn't very vocal about it when it happened but i had a uh, miscarriage right before him and like immediately before him so close that uh, I didn't even start having my time of the month and I didn't question mm-hmm. it at first because the doctor told me that it, sometimes your body takes a little time to start having periods mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I didn't start having any, I didn't think about it until it was like three or four months. And I was like, shouldn't I have started by now? And so I <gasps> took a. Oh, wow.
1: So you completely skipped that and I uh, yeah. went straight to. Okay. Yeah.
0: So All but right. I was, I was pretty early. But
1: yeah. That's still gotta be emotionally. Jarring. It was. Yeah. Like- well,
0: cause so I'm, um, I have a one daughter who's 10 years old from a previous marriage. Mm-hmm. Then like, honestly, when I had her, I thought she was going to be it. And I was thankful for her. And then when I got remarried and I didn't know if he'd want kids, cause some people do, some people don't. Mm-hmm. And he, wa- he was interested in <laughs> trying. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm-hmm. All right, let's try. You know, and so I, I was excited to even think about being able to have any more children at all. And so when that did happen, it it broke my heart. But um, one of my friends who's had several miscarriages mm-hmm. uh, walked beside me during that because she she said the same thing as you did. Like even your children that you lose in your womb, mm-hmm. you can you you'll be reunited yes. with them. They're still your kids. That's right. They're That's still right. a soul. Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah and yes, yeah. uh, that helped me so much to get through that time it didn't take away the sadness right. you know yeah. and um and honestly i was really afraid the entire time of my pregnancy oh sure yeah yeah because yeah. i just lost the other <sighs> one and i prayed probably on a daily basis like mm-hmm. please lord <laughs> oh yeah to be healthy help him, yeah. you know what i mean and just oh, yes. and to calm my fears because it just it was a really it made for a stressful pregnancy, but yeah. but he was healthy and strong and mm-hmm. now he's he's doing amazing. So
1: that's great. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. So wonderful. let's back up a little bit. I know at the beginning we were talking about uh with the bipolar and everything. Can you explain what those highs and lows look like that are
1: different from like a normal highs and lows? Um yeah, let me try to put it into a description an example so with the depression for me it was like started out where I was having thoughts like I'm not like the lies that you're told yeah and in your head and you're that voice that's whispering you're not worth it you know like you're just no you're not you, and then you start believing them like okay yeah no because because look at this like so your app your actions and your behaviors start to reflect kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy I think and you're like, oh, no, well, I can't do that because I'm this. And it's just kind of a downward spiral from there. I think um, the beliefs dictate your actions, dictate you know how you feel, how you act. The depression, since I had one one episode with depression, the other one was um, mostly just mania and psychosis. Um, I was very tired. I wanted to sleep all the time, like all the time. Like I was in in class during the day at school, uh, I remember my health teacher was so compassionate. Um, he was like, all right, we're going to take the last 10 minutes of class. And he would do this so oft- ever so often. I think he noticed, he's like, we're going to take the last 10 minutes of class. We're going to turn off the lights. We're just going to rest. But it was like, oh my gosh, it was like drinking. You're so thirsty. You need to drink a glass of water. Yeah, It was that bad that I needed to, to sleep. Yeah. I don't remember if I overeat. Sometimes you overeat. Sometimes... Sometimes you don't need it all, depending, you know, depression is like that cloud that just hangs over you, but that's pretty relatable. And in, in my opinion, yes, the Depression part, because a lot of people do go through that. Um, a lot of people have anxiety with it too. Yes. anxious And like, and that I don't have as I haven't had as much together. I had it in mania, the anxiety, but in mania, you get um, super related. Like you feel, and you believe like you are the star of your own TV sitcom. Yeah. Like you are the shining star life. Life seems like un, you, it's like you're acting almost like you're, you're just, well, for me, I felt like everything I said was just so perfect. Yeah. Um, and eloquent. And like, like, a, like I was acting on a TV show, like the timing and the, when I, the words I chose to say, my vocabulary increased a little bit, had yeah. the, the brain functioning at a higher level. It felt like using up you know, or brain cells or something, but it just felt like I was the headliner at, and, and I felt like I, I believed at certain times that I was actually like the star of a show. Like it took me into that world of like, uh, in my own little world of believing maybe there was some camera somewhere, <laughs> that yeah. into the, the delusion of like, Oh no. And that yeah. turned into like, Oh, is the FBI um, bugging our house? Because i I've been so elaborate and energetic in even praying when my husband was gone in the house alone that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I was speaking my prayers so loud. I wondered, well, could the neighbors hear me? Like, yeah. um, I even sing and I even rapped like yeah. naturally, second-handed, like, like I could do this in my sleep where I was just, the words are coming so quickly to me that I could just rap. And I'm very, as a person, like musically inclined and creative, so it would just, it would roll, like, I must have had, when I was 16, I went for a walk in the park with my dad, and I had rapped about, he told me, like, 18 or 20 consecutive, like, perfect verses that rhymed, and, like, from nowhere, out of nowhere, right, and I just couldn't have done that in a normal state of mind, Um, but it was fun, I will say, it was a lot of fun to be able to do that, and just, like, spread it out <laughs> yeah but yeah. on the other hand like what goes up must come down right so yeah you come back into this it was anxious for me not depressed though although a lot of people go back in depression depending on their case but um for me it was like anxious and then psychotic psychotic I was like oh my gosh I think the devil can you know he knows my name so he's he's after me so it's He's trying to get me. He's after me. And that that's very common with like yeah. schizophrenia. Some paranoia like with it too. Yes. Paranoia. Yeah. A lot of that. Yeah. Um, and then it, it all kind of culminated in the hospital there, the um, second episode at 24 years old. Um, I was just like, I don't know, I, I must be the center of the universe. And I just thought I was this like superstar and um like God had a plan for me, and I was. Still grappling with like, am I saved? Am I not? Because I hear the enemy's voice so clearly. Am I not listening to the my good shepherd Jesus's voice as well? I can't hear his voice as well as I can hear the enemy speaking in my head. Yeah, so I was like, am I even saved? Oh my goodness! And I was freaking out over that. <laughs> so um, it took me a while actually after my maybe a year or so to believe. Yeah, because guess what? God is faithful and he's yes. still in my life,
0: Amen. and I'm still
1: not like he still got me. Yeah, amen to that.
0: So, what Bible verses got you through all of this time?
1: I guess specifically, like I was saying earlier, well, yeah, that Philippians. Was, uh, Philippians, you know, that's for any time in my life that I've been. Yeah,
0: been that's through. my favorite book of the Bible. Yeah.
1: oh, good, <laughs> so good, so it good. It is, yes. I think the Psalms, the twenty-third Psalm, was just. It's like your marquee, like in the in the rough times, that's your marquee of uh, of a of a chapter of the bible so the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you know reciting that just calms me down um yeah. calmed me in my my frantic mania and calmed me in my depression so i do love john 14 6 when jesus says i am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me where people are like asking him, you know how do we go to heaven how do we get to the father how do we you know isn't there are multiple ways to get to heaven <laughs> But um, that helped me because right before I went into my first episode at 16, I was actually like struggling with, or I would say contemplating a lot of truth and like what truth was at that age, because, you know, you're a teenager, what do adults know when they're teaching you from the Bible? <laughs> yeah. question right? everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I went through that period and that stage and that walk with, my, with the Lord and um, reading John 14, six, coming across that, it was just, it was just so powerful to me. And I still hold on to that in my heart a lot um, because I know if he's the way, there's no other way to get to the father, you know, like it's exclusive. I'm sorry to say, but um, it's narrow and truth, you know, Jesus is truth. He's a person. Truth is a person. So, you know, he's not going to change and truth doesn't change. So he can rely on what he says and who he is. And that truth has that trickle-down like arch hierarchy of like if Jesus is top truth all other truth leads to him in a way, That's you right. know like, and that truth sets you free like he says so, and that the life the life we have in Christ is you know just because we're Christians you know we're not gonna be safe from a hardship and trial of course but having him with us makes all the difference right in those times right so that really is my like headliner chapter verse. <laughs> so yeah, those That's have been very helpful verses to me in the Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Philippians 4, 13 was always in, as a kid growing up, my mom would remind me of that one a lot and that I held close to my heart during my youth. And now I look at it differently. I, I know I can do all things through Christ, but it's pertaining to, you know, like the little. Or the lack we might have physically, materially, that's right, and and the abundance we have. Um, so it's it's definitely harder to be like, oh, I got this when I'm full, my plate's full, and I have like, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's a mindset of like, it's not I can do this. It's Christ is going to strengthen me to do, um, to be really to be loving, to be able to do things that I need to get done in His in His way, and His time, and His will. So that's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think it's so clear how God has just been with you through everything. That's a beautiful picture of God's faithfulness. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add to the idea of how He was faithful for you?
1: Um, There was some specific turning points in the hospital and my second hospitalization that I actually document in the memoir, but it was such a vivid, surreal but real. Uh, experience that I couldn't ever like never again could I ever question that God wasn't with me there yeah I was in my my prayer closet was the bathroom of the of the bedroom I was assigned to yeah and I was in there a lot I was praying a lot as you can imagine so I would go into the bathroom and I would like turn off the light and just get on my knees and start praying fervently because in mania you do things fervently (laughs) (laughs) and uh I felt like God opened a window for me to see into the throne of heaven, not to see, but to hear it was like the Holy Spirit brought this audio audible and not in a sense of like hearing it in my ear, but in my mind. Yeah. So if you can imagine with me, like I'm in the bathroom, but I've realized, and I realize I am, but I'm also like getting this downloaded real time conversation between the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit is like projecting it into my mind. Yeah. And the father's up there on the throne. The son, Jesus is like, okay, father, we need to send backup. Like she's having it rough down there. (laughs) Like she's, she may be like a little off here because she's stepping on some grace and, you know, she's off her rocker and uh, she needs some help. Can we send some backup? And uh, the father's like, well, yeah, she's, she is, you know, struggling. I don't know how much backup. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't word for word like that, but it was to the effect of like, they were having a discussion. They were, talking about it, you know, back and forth. And it was just like, so completely just out of this world yeah. that it was so, but it was so real to me. And it was just like, oh, so I was able to have that experience and it just solidified, you know, the, the relationship there. There was another time too that I, at this, in this period of time in my episode that I experienced Christ in almost like he was right in front of me. Yeah. So being off the meds, psych- psychiatric meds are going to, they kind of, you know, it's a trial and error, but like being off them or on them or, you know, that getting to the right level um, because I was off them at this time. I think that kind of like messes with your psyche and, you know, opens that window or that door to the supernatural. So I feel like that experience was um, it's still odd to me, but very encouraging at the same time. Yeah. But I was like. Questioning my faith, right? Question my salvation, and then I prayed. I was with, I was at Arby's with um, one of the ladies from church who was coming to see me as I was in a crisis mode. And my husband was like, "Okay, let's get her some help." And we prayed together. And like for for some reason, I thought that was like my, my spiritual rebirth at that time. Yeah. It just it was it wasn't, but it was like it felt like. But I had suddenly after the prayer, just this. I couldn't see his face clearly, but this projection of Christ right in front of me, hugging me and going, welcome home, sis, little sis. And I'm like, like, like I was the prodigal daughter.
0: Uh, Yeah. Welcome home.
1: Yeah. And it was just so encouraging and felt so, especially in that state of mind, though, it was probably, but I don't know, that experience definitely also solidified my, my relationship to the Lord.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to ask because you seem, you, you can tell how secure you are in your faith now. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask if if was that the turning point then or
1: um it was probably where it just like I said solidified my faith in Christ and like it's beautiful uh, grew the rest of that backbone in my yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. great.
0: Yeah. Uh is there anything else that you'd like to say to my audience today?
1: Um well, your podcast is awesome. I think you're doing a great job with, you know, reaching people who are hurting and I just want to encourage you guys that, yeah, God is with you and, and your experience isn't going to look like mine and it's going to have, you're going to have your own experience, but the more you dig in and reach out and get closer to God, the, the closer he's going to get to you. And that reality is going to be your reality. Like it's going to make all the difference. So when you're in that spot or you're stuck in a spot, uh, definitely the more you put into your relationship to Christ, the more you get out of it. So that's right. encourages you today. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm going to make sure that I include your website in the description of this podcast.
1: Uh, is there anywhere else that people can find you? I'm on most of the social media, except TikTok and Tumblr and Reddit. So Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn at Katie Ardell on all all those. Yeah. Pretty easy. K-A-T-I-E-R-D-A-L-E. Wonderful. Yeah. I was
0: looking through your um, blog on your website, uh, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, I'm (laughs) trying to remember which one I was reading, but I think it was the bipolar. Yes. 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 I just love that so much. And I, I think that I'm glad we're talking about this today. And I think that so many people need to know they're not alone mm-hmm. and you can be brave when you're facing things like this or anything that's coming along in your life. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, God's not, you know, too small and He can't handle Yeah what we've got going coming at us. You know, we're we're weak. We're gonna yeah, you know, but yeah <laughs> God is He can beating. be
0: strong. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right.
0: Well thank you so so very much for joining me today. It's really been a pleasure.
1: Yes Lori, of course, and thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for listening to A Voice for the Hurting. You can find information on today's guest in the description below, plus links to follow A Voice for the Hurting on Facebook and Instagram. Join us next week for more inspiring stories to strengthen you on your journey.